Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. Speaking of dazzling, I want to talk about audacity. You know, this word audacity, this, as a quality, audacity is commonly considered an uncomplimentary trait. Have you noticed, you know, things like, he had the audacity to cut to the front of the line, or she had the audacity to think she's more qualified than I am for that, for that promotion? You've heard it. You might have said it a few times. <laughs> and, you know, there's some common, common qualities of audacious people. They tend to be uh, unconventional, non-conforming, provocative. These are words that really challenge us. And, you know, unless you're really aware of it, you could look around this room and you can find some of those folks right here in this congregation, because I've never seen a gathering of people more than in a unity community filled with audacity. My favorite peoples. <laughs> and, and for me, it's a good thing, I'll tell you that, because audacious people, and, and we're talking today about divinely audacious people, you know, people with spiritual gumption. People who are spiritually bold. You know, people like that, people who are trained in the unity principles, we see things differently. Have you noticed? We penetrate through the exterior of things to see the real on the inside. That's our practice. I mean, we work hard to overcome the sense of our own perceived limitations so that we can be greater than we thought we could be. I mean, this is a hallmark of unity living. So when somebody asks me, you know, well, what do you mean, audacity? How could that be spiritual? Well, they just haven't been introduced to unity. That's all I'm going to say, right? But you know, maybe it's true for you as it was for me, but there was a time in my life I did not think I had an audacious bone in my body. I was raised in a highly traditional, very uh, rigidly organized Italian Catholic family. If you are one, you know. (laughs) On top of that, my both parents were adult children of alcoholics, so their greatest way to overcome that was to insist on obedience. So I knew my place in my family. I had very clear limits on what was acceptable and what was not. I knew not to push the limits. So it was as much a surprise to me as to the rest of my family when, at the age of 19, I had my first kundalini awakening. (laughs) That coiled snake at the base of my spine began to uncurl and look out world. I go home to my parents in a white sari and announce I'm going to move to an ashram. (laughs) I I had the white mark on my third eye, the red mark on my third eye, they call the T-lock, 
And I was walking around the house chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> they didn't know what to think of me. But, but wait, three years later, I come home to announce, you know, my family's very own version of guess who's coming to dinner. Well, I announced my fiancé, Giles Whitsett, of African descent. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> And then I had the audacity to become an ordained unity minister. Me, a woman. A woman. My mother still likes to tell her friends uh, she works for her church. <laughs> so I know a few things about audacity, but I don't claim to have um, you know, figured that out for myself. I mean, life pushed me. To this. I mean, I didn't have any thought about this. I didn't know what yoga was the first time I stepped into a class. You know what I mean? I didn't have any idea where my life was going, but I felt like life pressed me onward, forward, upward. I mean, that's what divine life does. That's what it does, right? And so, you know, that's what our, all of our lives, that's what's happening is there's, if you're feeling a divine discontent, there's a good reason for it. You're being pressed by life to go beyond the perceptions of your limits, right? And we stand on some very strong shoulders. I mean, in my lifetime, the people who have forged the path ahead for me Oh my goodness. I mean, to be alive at this time, is this just an amazing time on the planet Earth? I mean, if you are much younger than my 60 years, then maybe it's the generation before you where this all got started. But I was born in 1954, and in that year, finally, civil rights law. Finally, but that wasn't the end of it because it, all through my childhood, there were the race riots and the hoses turned on people and this kind of thing, right? And I was watching Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King and all the whole troop that were pressing life forward for all of us in our country. You know, I was alive during the time, and I was growing up in the time of feminism, where for the very first time, people like Betty Friedan and, and uh, Gloria Steinem, I mean, they were making rapid change for women. I had, you can't imagine if you're very young. You cannot imagine that when I was born, women could not be leaders. It was brand new, the thought that I could be a leader. And then, you know, look where we are. Look what just happened here on Friday in the United States of America. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, in my lifetime, this was made possible by, by martyrs like Harvey Milk in 1978, assassinated a congressman in San Francisco. And in 1995, a young 18-year-old Matthew Shepard slain because of who he was. These, these guys, they didn't know they were being audacious. They were just trying to be who they were. 
they were who life was pushing them to be, you see? But here were all these couples in recent years, these couples that pressed us, they pressed the courts. They had the audacity to fulfill the song lyrics that, that uh, who was the songwriter? Serena, that Serena wrote. Don't walk away just because you heard no today. They kept pushing on and on and on. And pushiness is a hallmark of audacity. So let's get pushy. Let's get pushy. You know, when my father came back into my life, because I won't tell you the whole story, but for nine years he walked away. He walked away and disowned me. But nine years later, when he came back into my life, he thanked me for believing in him, for holding on to that thought. He thanked me, and he made some incredible changes in his heart in order to accommodate a diverse, uh, a diverse family. So we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us to lead us in the direction of being brave enough to forge positive change in our world. That's what this is all about. And, you know, in case you haven't noticed, it's in you too. <laughs> it's in every one of us. And here's how I like to think about it. Do you know what a geode is? Anybody see a geode? A geode is a rock that's cracked open. And on the inside of that rock is the formation of thousands of years of crystals. You know, beautiful, beautiful, sparkling crystals. Geologists call it the Tootsie Roll Pop of geology. Because, you know, on the outside, it just looks like a plain old rock. But you crack it open, and inside you find the sweet surprise. That's you, and that's me, discovering what we're made of, what's really on the inside. It's like the Golden Buddha. Anybody know this story? You know, generations ago in a, in a little town in Tibet, a group of monks lived there with this huge clay statue of the Buddha. It had been in that community for generations. Well, one year when the tsunamis came, there was a leak in the roof, and it began to drip on that clay and began to wash away a little of the clay. One of the brothers, concerned about its uh, protection during the rains, came out with a flashlight at night, and when he turned the light on it, he saw the sparkling coming from the, the clay statue. So he began to scrape away, and behold, when he scraped it away, all the mud came off, and underneath was a solid gold Buddha. They didn't know they had that treasure right there within their community that had been covered over many, many years before during a time of war so it would not be stolen by bandits. That's you, Golden Buddha. You audacious you on the inside. You know, we look all pretty similar on the outside, you know, skin and hair and, or not, or not hair, you know. <laughs> On the inside is that sweet surprise. Uh, we just need to be cracked open, and life has a way of doing that, doesn't it? <laughs> has a way of doing that. <laughs> 
So, but there are some definite practices that we do in unity to encourage our audacity, our ability to see what others cannot see easily or that we even struggle to see. So I thought it would be interesting and maybe worthwhile to just for us to practice together uh, this way. You know, when we look at one another, we can either see what's going on out here, you know, what they look like, who they remind us of, you know, or, they, or what their experience is, what's going on in their life. Or we can turn our eyes to see the real, to sort of look on their inside and find the sweetness there, find the goodness there, find the, the audacious being that's there. So I'd like to show you a few pictures and have us do this exercise together. Are you, you willing to do that with me? Okay. Well, you know, you, you don't have much of a choice unless you close your eyes, right? <laughs> so, all right. First image, pretty familiar image. Everybody know who she is? Mother Teresa? It's easy to see her goodness, is it not? <laughs> I mean, we... We know a lot about her, but even if we didn't, you can see the sort of the serenity on that face, the wrinkled skin from years of being in the hot sun of Mumbai, serving people. You know, it's not, it's not hard to make that leap, right? To, to just see with true eyes about her. The next picture could be a little more challenging. You know, if you never heard of this man, if you never saw the work that he's done in the world, and if you met him on the street in his wheelchair, unable to speak for himself or to use his own limbs, it could be very easy, couldn't it, to misperceive him. It could be very easy to see the external of him and see this helpless, aging man. But he's one of the most brilliant minds in our world today. Who would know? Who would know by looking at him on the outside? Next picture. Now, you probably don't know this woman who's sitting on the wheelchair here because she's my personal friend, Cecilia Losi, who lives in Omaha, Nebraska, where I used to live. Cecilia and I have been friends for many years. In childhood, she contracted polio and lost the use of her legs. Uh, but Cecilia is an unstoppable person in this world. She and I were YOU sponsors. That's our teenage program here in Unity when our kids were teens. And uh, when we would be at rallies, we would have those universal dances for peace, big circle, circle dances. Cecilia would be twirling in her wheelchair and holding hands with everybody else. And all the kids lovingly referred to her as the wheelchair lady. Cecilia Losi, this is her just months ago in her Zumba class. Who would know? Who would know? Right? Okay, next image. Maybe a familiar face if you watch Dancing with the Stars or some other talk shows where he's been featured. This is J.R. Martinez. As a young uh, soldier, he was in a terrible explosion in Iraq. And this picture of him around 20 years, he was around 20 years old, maybe a few years older by then, he had already had 24 surgeries for this badly burned face. Now, because I live in San Antonio, there's a, there's a wonderful work being done there at the Center for the Intrepid. 
And uh, this is where the most severely wounded warriors are rehabbing, you know. So it's very common on the streets of San Antonio to see people who look a lot like J.R. Martinez or or people in wheelchairs and in in all kinds of periods of their own uh, rehabilitation. But this man, you know, he decided he's not going to hide. He's not going to hide. He's going to be a voice for for people who are recovering. He helps, goes into the, that center for intrepid and he encourages the young ones there that are just getting started on their healing journey. He's a voice for that and he's a presence in the world that's declaring, I am unstoppable. Who would know? Who would know? All right, another one for you. Uh, Nick Vujicic, this, this guy was born without any limbs. Uh, And he steadies himself. The only way he could be upright is because he does have a foot on that left hip that helps him to balance. But again, he was raised by parents who taught him from the very beginning, don't you dare see yourself as limited just because you don't look like everybody else. Don't you dare misperceive the fact that within you is all the power that you will ever need to make a difference in this world. So that's exactly what he does as he travels around the world. And again, if you hadn't been exposed to him or his message, who would know? Who would know of this audacious being? And I have one more for you, and this is very personal to me. This is my dad, Carmen Martella, at the age of 84. Uh, And that is his personal stained glass work. He's an artist that he built for the YMCA where he does water exercises and has for the last 30 years. Uh, This is a man who, uh, you know, again, he just looks like a little old Italian papa. And yet, you wouldn't know unless you looked on the inside of Carmen. This is a man who overcame a lifetime of training in bigotry. That this is a man who's overcome the personal odds of chronic pain in his lower body every day of his life that gets up and says, I hurt when I lay down, I hurt when I sit up, I hurt when I move, I'd rather move. I'd rather be doing something constructive, you know? This is the man who can no longer swim in the ocean, what he has always loved. He loves the the Jersey Shore where we used to go when I was growing up. So, you know, he can no longer walk or he can no longer stand up in that strong uh, tide. So we take him in one of those beach wheelchairs and wheel him down to the edge of the water. He gets out of the chair and, and sits right on the edge of the water, you know, like little kids do, right there on the edge when the waves are coming and that white water is coming. My father is on his knees, splashing the water up over his head like a little kid. And he's all shriveled up now. He looks like a little little tadpole almost, you know. Um, but he's just... just splash in the water, and I'm standing behind him, sorrowful, just sad, because he can't get in there and swim like he used to do, and I'm feeling the passing of these this age, and I'm feeling sadness for what he has lost, and all the while, my dad is thinking, I love the water, it's so refreshing, <laughs> you know, his audacity to do what's possible and to get the gusto out of life. Uh, is is stunning to me. 
So you wouldn't know if you saw him in his walker, huddled over. But there it is. There it is. So friends, in this unity community, you have such opportunities to discover and to discover and to discover your own audacious self. Because I know that as you, as you are willing to crack open that exterior of you with all your crazy misperceptions of limits, that, that you too are finding that big, bright, bodacious, that, that non-conforming, unconventional, that provocative self that the world has been waiting for. This is what it means to be the light of the world. And that is what I see standing here. You are the light of the world. Thank you. Thank you. this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.